Okay, you all good? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. Welcome back to the B2C Lead Gen Podcast. My name is Daniel Hatewell here with Simon Blaney. And this is episode 81, multi-cell, multi-problems or a better solution. And it's interesting today because normally when we have a guest on the show, we almost book the guest first and then we kind of work out a topic after. Um, today, however, we had this topic and we thought we could do the next person to weigh in. And luckily, Michael Free from Lead Generation World was uh, kind enough to join us again and lend us expertise. Michael, how's it, how's it going? Good, good, good. I I'll, I don't know if it's expertise or just opinion, but you know we'll 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 figure that out as we talk. Yeah, well, I mean, if we say if we say it's expertise, it becomes it. We'll become we're going with confidence. Um, yeah. So I know from previous experience uh, with you two guys, um, when it comes to talking about lead gen, it could be a never-ending conversation probably, um, and I'm probably not very really needed when it comes to it comes to this. But I will attempt to try and add some structure and uh, try and keep ticking over. So um, to begin with, Michael, uh, multi-cell, can you just give people listening, let's start from being a very basic overview of how it works. Well, how, it's, how it should work um, and how it works sometimes is probably uh, a source of the problem uh, with, with uh, the impression of what multi-cell really is. Um, but in the States, it's, it's a normal, it's a very normal process in the United States where you know, somebody fills out a lead generation form, let's just call it for a remortgage. Um, and they are uh, then um, told that they're going to be matched with multiple banks for a quote. Um, at that point, that lead is distributed to um, three or four banks uh, in which they are, they, they are then called by those banks to that consumer and the consumer then gets to decide which offer is the best and make a decision. Um, that's that's the simplest form um, of multi-cell that we see here in the United States, and and it and it and it works to some extent. What's um when you say it works to some extent, uh, what what's the extent when it doesn't? I suppose. Yeah, I think I think it doesn't work when it when it when a lead becomes oversold, right? And that and that's the key. Um, it it absolutely works uh, because human behavior and, and human economics uh, have proven out test over test over test over time that um, we like choices and we like easy choices actually. And when we don't have a choice at all, and it's just one, uh, we're, we're more likely to not make a decision at all when it's just one. Um, when we have a clear comparison between offers, it's much easier. We're in a, a straight mindset of choosing which one is better. And then we make a selection. My, it's funny because my wife was, uh, I was talking to my wife about this conversation last night and she was so thrilled about the conversation, but she's like, <laughs> no, she's like, you know what? No, I, I, we have a, we have shortage of, uh, you know, stuff on shelves, like at uh, target or the, the local market and all this sort of stuff here still. Right. And she went to go look for a, um, a hair blow dryer for, not for me, but for, for herself. And uh, there's only one on one type of hair blow dryer on the on the shelf. And she's like, you know what, I didn't, I didn't buy it. Because I didn't know if it was the right decision. I so I, I literally, just, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I'm going to go, you know, find where I'm going to buy it online where I can actually compare some different hair blow dryers. But had there been a couple hair blow dryers on that um, 
on that shelf, she would have been more likely to actually select one of them because she could have easily defined which one was better, walked out of that place with a new hair blow dryer. Um, what the problem is now, if there's 20 hair blow dryers on that thing, now it becomes extremely difficult to make a decision. So we have uh, humans, we have a, we have an issue with complex decisions and no decisions at all. So when it works really well, you know, when there's two or three, three options that are uh, easily definable, we're going to make a decision on what's going to happen. So a lead, a lead being sold multiple times sounds like evil to a, a lead buyer, to some, to some lead buyers. But the fact of the matter is it's good for them. It's good because now you have a consumer that's in a position to, to analyze and make a decision. The lead buyer's job or the brand's job is to make sure that they're the obvious decision, uh, whether that's uh, the, the agent on the line being very uh, personable, whether that's strictly just a better offer a lower rate if we're still talking about remortgage or you know a host of a host of things but um yeah the problem is is when it, it when it becomes um a too much of a complex decision for uh, a, a a consumer to make and that's being oversold well um in relation to this how much does the sort of uh speed that we're contacting or the appointments that are booked because if i so let's say I wanted a, a comparison, basically. So I've been sold to three remortgage companies. They're all going to contact me. But there's another thing about humans. When they want something, they typically want it like when they want it, don't they? So it's either like immediately or the time that you booked. Um, I guess that you need to, there needs to be this understanding that like, you know, you've got to act quickly on this or you've got to act on the time frame that the user wants. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to call the lead and this should be for any anything. It doesn't matter if a lead's going once, sold once, and it's just going onto your landing page, your branded landing page. You shouldn't be waiting uh, more than a minute, God forbid, a minute, like literally seconds to co to contact that individual um, because they are going to move on. They're going to be getting into other things. They're in the moment, right then, looking for a, an answer. Pick up the phone, call it within a second. I guarantee you're going to have success. In, in a in a shared environment, it's the same thing. It goes back to that: what are how are you going to stand out? You get on the phone, you create rapport with that uh, consumer. You're the first one to create rapport. You're going to win. You're going to win because now the next one, everyone's comparing against you, and hopefully they really liked you on the phone. You had something good to say, um, and it and it's good. You know now they have something to compare against. The other I'll the, the the alternative is being last too right which I, I i don't think it's a great idea uh as far as when it comes to speed to contact that first initial contact but i think it comes into play on the follow-up on the follow-ups down the road don't give up is one of the things because now like let's say three days down the road you've called you talked to them once don't give up call back follow up because now they have you can if you can get them to, on the tail end of that decision you can counter a lot of those things that have been said from the other people that may have given up by now. So it, it is twofold. It, it's it's not just a one shot. You the first one to win. You got to fall, you know, lead the lead follow up process is a little more complex than that. But yeah, you got to be fast uh, initially with contacting a lead, no matter if it's an exclusive lead or a shared lead. But so I wonder if this, um, it'd be interesting. I don't know if anyone's got stats like this on a multi cell, multi cell basis, whether the first mover has like a, unfair advantage in terms of their conversion rather than it being like 33 percent, 33 percent, they've ended up with yeah. like 46 percent. whoever rings first 
hundred. I know there is, and I don't have it, but I know there is. In fact, there's a a friend of mine who's named Scott Payne with SDP Solutions that that lives in this and lives and dies in this world of lead management. In fact, I think you've talked to Scott. Maybe, He's no? been on the podcast. I've just watched a video on LinkedIn with him with a wig on, actually. Did he? <laughs> you were there too, Michael. Did you have the wig on, or is no, that just a weird I, I, I wasn't. Sat, I was just sat here normally naked, but no, he had the wig on. <laughs> oh, that's a joke, by the way. I'm not. He didn't have a wig on. No, I'm not naked. He did have a wig on. <laughs> oh, yeah, you at least have a, sw- a sweater on, like you do now. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the uh, uh, he he's got these numbers because he lives and and dies in these this these data sets. And and yes, 100. Uh, I know it's a fact that that first that first touch is has a much more highly likelihood of closing the lead than the second and third or fourth, whatever it is. And what? happens in the scenario where buyers i don't know like they're slightly non-competitive so you know like rather than being like they're converting one in every three leads it ends up these guys for some reason are only converting on one in every 10 do they just fall by the wayside or is it something that the lead generator or the lead seller works with them on in order to find a different price and then they like is or is it they only direct people to them that they think they can convert that they're competitive with i think okay so uh or do they drop unfortunately off? there's yeah there's yeah. unfortunately there's some people like you know companies and processes that just are not going to be good at calling out on leads for whatever reason it is i mean there's a lot there's a whole host of reasons and and it's unfortunate because they can be good uh they just need to get their process they need to get a good lead management system in place all that sort of stuff but maybe they don't maybe they don't and they're just gonna uh, not be good at it um and there's gonna be you know companies that are wildly good at it because they're just so dialed in on it um uh you know does a lead generate want to adjust costs to keep them on board i'm sure they could you know um but how they deal with uh the different volumes of success with their with their buyers you know i I don't know well um one thing we've talked about a lot before michael um is the importance of trying to educate the lead buyers um how do you think this called this idea works with multi-sales specifically yeah well i just think it's like i i honestly think um we have to have a, a clear understanding of what's really happening um and and like i said the behavioral side of it for for humans and what what it what's going on and then we also need to as an industry we need to have oversight and transparency with um partners uh, if they are selling it multiple times what is it and how can we ensure that they're only selling that lead you know three times um you know to to partners and not only that we also need to ensure that the consumer knows this too almost more importantly uh, that the consumer knows it um, because if the consumer knows that, hey, you're going to fill out this form and we're going to give you an opportunity to compare um, rates between three companies. And once you fill out the form, we'll tell you who the companies are. You fill out the form, boom, you're going to get called from these three banks. Expect their calls. Um, now we're setting we're setting up a process that is transparent uh, for the consumer. And then subsequently is going to be really good for the, the lead buyers to compete against. Um, but yeah, you know, it's about the perception, I think, for 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 brands and 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 with all with 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 rightly so, because there's been times in the industry where leads lead sellers have sold a data and leads um more times than they should ever. If and you know, and so it's um 
there is a, there's a lack of trust for a reason, <clears throat> but it needs to be cleaned up and it needs to be so that uh, the consumer gets a good experience. The lead buyer gets a good experience and the lead seller is able to optimize their, um, their, their ad spend. So I, we didn't even touch about this, but you know, talk about lead quality. So um, we, we all sort of assume that um, some of the best uh, intent leads may be coming from uh, paid search, right? When someone types in uh, refinance rates, um, you know, I want to refinance and, and paid search ads come up. Those people are generally in market, but those are also highly expensive cost per click ads, right? Um, if, if I am selling a, a cost per click ad, um, I, I'm going to try to do the, I should have probably pinned this out so it makes more sense. But if I do a, uh, if, if I have a, um, you know, if I'm bidding on um, refinance uh, rates today or whatever, that's, that's probably like a 15 pound, like that, it's, it's a very expensive click, very, very expensive, but it's going to go to a page and it's going to turn, maybe turn into a very expensive lead. Let's just call it a, a 40 pound lead. I don't know. So that means I'm going to sell that lead exclusively for, for 40 pounds. Um, well, okay. The conversion rate, we already, did, we already sort of established that may not be the as high as we want it to be because they're only getting one option. If it's just going to one company, we already know that that consumer isn't is, is shopping. He's going to get one quote from one company. He's likely going to go back to that same search and fill out another form because we're, again, human behavior is if we're shopping, we don't just take the first thing that we're, we're offered. Um, so he's likely going to go back. He's going to get into a, a thing where he's going to fill out another form. But had he gone to a form that said, hey, we're going to help you with the shopping process and we're going to give you three rates and from three different banks, we're going to tell you who they are and you're going to be able to shop right here and there. Your, your shopping is going to be able to end because you're going to have choices that are going to be awesome right here. So they fill out that form. Instead of selling that lead for 40 pounds to one person, I sell it now for 15, uh, for 15 to three people. Now I, as a lead seller, am making more money off that lead, right? I'm also creating a, a shopping experience that's better for the consumer and for the lead buyer because now the lead buyer, I'm sorry, the lead buyers get to at least get a, a, a legitimate shot at somebody that's in market decision and they have all the options right with them. They're going to make a decision. But now I could take additional revenue, continue to buy good traffic and maybe even more better, you know, better traffic with keywords. I am actually raising the boat of everything because now the lead generator is making a little bit more money off of the off of that one lead and everybody's winning. I know it sounds like a you know a perfect world, but really it helps it helps the consumer, the lead buyer, and the lead seller to improve the process and marketing of 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 what's happening. I think it's yeah. I mean, I I hundred percent agree with what you just said. Um, you put it in a far better way than I've ever been able to. But I think there's two things that you mentioned. So number one is. Um, anyone who's buying leads you know they've got like a benchmark conversion rate that they're trying to hit let's say it's 15 20 percent if they're getting high intent leads from ppc whatever um and you're right a lot of that is actually because they've gone and filled another form out when they've done the search refinance rates whatever they've got three forms and they've gone like mm, look at that one look at that one look at that one or they've mm -hmm. what typically happens i think as well is that they'll fill a form out on like a paid ad and then they might move to organic search and it's usually the brand they've heard of. So then suddenly that one's ranking highly or, or it's a comparison site and they'll fill that out. And really what you're trying to do is stop the search. 
And that's exactly, yeah. so if you move the search out of PPC and into the funnel that you're then selling, we need to coin that phrase, don't we? Stop the search. Um, <laughs> if we can stop the search, that's really like the total ambition for those buyers and for the lead generator. And as long as the consumer knows they're getting the best deal, why would they carry on searching? But the other thing is, and we just yeah. um, mentioned this on um, not the last podcast, which went live today, the podcast last week, which was called Lead Generators Needs to Become Brands. One of the key things that we mentioned in that is using impartiality as a strength. And that's why I think multi-sell can do. So when you're then selling it to three companies, it's like, look, I don't care which one you go with. I'm impartial. All I'm bothered about is getting you the best deal. And here yeah. are three companies that I want you to speak to. And that's using that impartiality as a strength. Um, and you almost have to do multi-sell to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, w w that's the messaging of, of that, of that uh, website, right? Of that lead generation website is, is, is again, being transparent and, and, and showing what the process is going to be and the reason why. And, and we're going to give you three options. And if it doesn't work out, um, you know, come back or let us know or whatever, and we'll, we'll find you another three. But I mean, um, at the end of the day, um, they will likely uh, uh, have a make a decision. And, and just one thing to note, like, I, I don't really have a whole lot of skin in the game. I don't I we put on I put on events. I don't I don't do Legion anymore, per se. But I used to be a lead buyer. Um, and then I also was on the other side as a lead seller running a uh, number of verticals on on the Legion side and just two anecdotal things. On the, when I was a lead buyer, buying we were buying 400 you know plus leads a day for mortgage, <clears throat> and uh, we had a hundred agents, and um, you know each one of them would get two to three leads a day, all this sort of stuff. But um, we would test out you know exclusive leads, and exclusive leads never backed out to the cost per um, sale. And let's not forget that's what we're talking about: cost per sale. We're not talking about conversion rate necessarily. Um, or and we're not talking necessarily about price, but we're talking about uh, cost per sale, because what would happen is again going back to that example, we were paying forty, you know, uh, it's forty dollars. Uh, actually, it was like fifty dollars for a uh, an exclusive lead. Well, the conversion rate just didn't map out to get to that same cost per sale that we were doing on a share lead that was half or a third the cost. You know, so that goes back to the um, the the lack of degradation of conversion rate from a exclusively to a share lead. It doesn't match up. If it was if all things will eat were equal, then heck yeah, buy exclusive leads all you want. I mean, it doesn't matter because you're going to get the same cost per sale. So it just never matched up on the buy side. So we bought thousands of share leads and just didn't even buy exclusive leads because the cost didn't make sense. Um, on the on the sales side of things, what we would do when we would launch new verticals, we would always start out just because from a sales point of view, it's hard to get people to buy a lead. So we had our sales guy go out and go, hey, we're going to start a auto insurance uh, you know, campaign. Go out there and get us some buyers, you know? And, you know, they'd get, they'd drum up one or two buyers and blah, blah, blah. And they would, the filters would obviously be different. So they would generally be getting exclusive leads just because we didn't have coverage, but we would tell them, listen, we're, you're going to get exclusive leads right now because 
we don't have anybody else on our network. Um, but over time, we're going to build this up and you're going to get, you know, put into a pool with three other, um, you know, buyers. So just let you know, but right now they're exclusive. So we would start out exclusively and they tell us in uh, the, uh, you know, conversion rate and all this sort of stuff. And then we would add in another buyer and then the uh, conversion rate wouldn't change like literally not change at all from one add two people. So two people are getting the same lead conversion rate still doesn't change. Then we would add a third and then would go down a little bit. It would go down a little bit. And then, but the, the price went down too. So the, 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 the cost per sale actually stayed the same or even went up. Um, and so the conversion rate, went, then we added a fourth and we, we did test how far we can go out with this. And we went a fourth and then we saw a, a, a bigger change in conversion rate and then a fifth and then went to shit. And so there is a sweet spot around, you know, three where I think, um, again, us as humans can, it's an easily definable decision Four or five, it gets too complex. You know, have you ever had that where you're like, there's too many things. I have no idea. I give up. It's, it's just like too much. It's, it's like when you get home and the questions your wife has, and you're just like, <laughs> just, just stop. I, yeah, you just go with the yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, but but the point the point being is the the conversion rate for the buyer and the seller, the, the, it just didn't match up. You know, it, it's not equal. And and um, and I think that's what we need. You, you know, anybody needs to look at is uh, what that cost per sale is at the end of the day. Anyways, not a conversion rate um uh, based on on the price so yeah so it's basically um like the cpa against the roi isn't it like you know does it back yeah. out and that's what the the buyers are constantly looking at um just a quick question i don't know if you all know this i was trying to think about it before we jumped on the call are there any verticals where this doesn't work just because like a comparison doesn't work in that market like um, where lead, you know, because lead generation is tends to be about financial services. It tends to be about a lot of products that users aren't necessarily that bothered about which one they go with. They either want like the cheapest price, the best deal, um, the one that gives them the most, and they trust of authority or something. Um, but... Nah, not not that I'm aware of. Um, because generally people are searching for, for prices on certain things. Like even I did, I, there was a time I was in the senior living space. So, you know, people looking to put their, you know, mom or dad up into a senior living home and, um, which, which is a very personable thing. It's not a commodity, you know, you're not, you know, it, and so they're really, searching for the best location, the best price, all this sort of stuff. And that was definitely, even that was a comparable situation where, Hey, here's a couple of senior living places, call them. They're going to call you, you know, vet them out and see which one is best for mom and dad. Um, so not in a, and not in my world. Um, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Everything becomes a comparison. I think that's, that's the key that we're, that I just would probably share is that no matter what we're doing in life, we're always comparing something and trying to get the, what we perceive to be the best um, option, you know, whether it's, I go, I buy energy drinks. Okay. And, um, you know, you know, they're you know the bad for you, Michael. I do know. I do know. My wife tells me every day. I know quite well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I go to the, the market and I see, you know, there's a bunch of uh, obviously choices. And there's a couple that I get the monster energy, two for five, five bucks here. I buy two. 
not because because it's two for five dollars seems like a good deal to me versus um one at uh you know three three dollars yeah three bucks so i they just tricked me into buying two of their freaking products because i in my without lack of consciousness i compared two for five dollars or one for three bucks yeah we're, you're right. we're doing we're... it without even thinking yeah. that we're like, and it was a completely irrational decision. If I only had a certain amount of money in my pocket, I should have just bought the $3 one if I wanted to, you know, like at the time, depending on what it is, you know, like I may, I may have just made an irrational decision. And I think that's like, you know, we have to understand that people are, are always comparing things, always shopping. So how do we, if we really want to do something, how do we silo that into our own uh, funnel? So that we can, as a, if you're a lead generator, own that shopping process. And then, you know, I mean, it, it goes even, it goes even further. There's actually a really interesting book and, and actually not to plug lead generation world uh, in London coming up in May. It's, it's all right. That, that, um, that the online <laughs> registration's you. open now. Yeah. You didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> registration's open now. <laughs> buy now, buy now, buy now. Um uh, you know, we're, I'm working on a keynote speaker that's going to come and talk about sort of behavioral um, uh, economics and decision making. <clears throat> and I think it's going to be just really, really interesting to understand the thought process of how do people make decisions, because that's all we're, we're, we're in a world of how do we get them to make the decision we want them to make, right? Um, and so we'll be talking about that at Lead Generation World, which will be really interesting. But um, there's a book out there called uh, Predictably Irrational by a um, author Dan Ariely, A-R-I-E-L-Y. Um, and he goes through sort of all these different studies and, and why people make decisions on, on different things. And he uses sort of um, an example. I think this is an easy, I think an easy example to articulate. But um, if, if there's sort of three choices a person may have, a choice one could be to go on vacation to Rome, uh, choice two is to go to vacation to Paris, and, uh, uh, you know, choice three is to uh, uh, stay at home, and, you know, and not work for a day. Um, obviously, stay at home at work for a day sounds fine, but you can do that on Saturday. Um, go to Rome or Paris uh, is definitely going to be the choice, right? Um, so we, we made a decision. One is clearly not the right answer. Two is um, Rome or Paris. Now, what if we said Rome, if you go to Rome, you get... Um, uh, coffee, breakfast, and lunch for free. That's the package. And, and Paris is just coffee. So now you can go to Paris for and coffee for free or go to Rome with breakfast, coffee, and a lunch for free every day. Now I clearly know whether if it's Paris or Rome is indifferent. I know the right decision. I want to go to Rome because I'm going to get free coffee, Paris. I just, my mind um, automatically chose a Rome because of the free coffee, lunch, and breakfast, even though Paris is probably going to be a much better city, totally, di you know, totally different. My point is, is that we just decided that staying at home was obviously a, a not, not the right answer. And then we were easily put into a situation where we had to make a decision between two choices. And that one was obviously the easy one to make. So that happens on a regular basis, just like me looking at the energy drinks. I knew the obvious answer, at least I thought, was two for five bucks. <laughs> so how do we how do we not only funnel people into a, a, a situation where they have the shopping process right in front of them, but if we want to take it a step further, 
which I think is difficult legion. How do we provide them that they're really, they, they have an obvious uh, comparison between uh, a right and wrong answer. I think as that's well, how we it, get people to decide something. Yeah. And I think as well, it's, it's the point is, is it's non-emotive, right? And that's why it's a comparison. Cause if you are desperate to go to parish, you're not going to be searching which one to go for. That's the whole right. point. It's like, yeah. you know, and it's a bit why, like, I don't know, you could, wouldn't necessarily do multi-sell if someone was searching for a car. They might, I mean, they might do if they just go like best electric vehicle, but otherwise they're going to know what they want. It's going to be like a Tesla, it's going to be Ford, whatever. No, but they do that here in the States. It's called True Car. And basically it's like uh, online. You don't have to go to a dealership. They'll send you the car, but you you find and they'll they'll match you up with three dealerships for that same exact car. So if you want a you know a Tesla Model Three white, you'll get three quotes for that uh, for that Tesla Model Three. They'll call you. Ah, nice. So and it just goes and to the dealership, you, All right? Yeah, and then and then the dealer will call you. Go yes, here it is, and they'll go through the details, and then you figure out which one you want, and they'll just drive it. They'll send it to you, and um, so yeah, they do it in cars. You know, cars too, which you know. Um, even though you've emo emotionally decided which product you want, you're still getting a comparison. On yeah, the price, because basically, yeah. Well, here, you know, each dealership, you know, is different with pricing and you know whatever rate they want to sneak in there or whatever, you know. Uh, so having it there, and then they the true car actually guarantees that price, so they submit a quote for that car and they guarantee it, like no changes, nothing, and then you can actually compare which which one is based on price, which, which one's the best deal um so so yeah so i it's funny i'm telling you we compare just the this this everything and if you start looking at your daily life you know and what you're how you go through per making purchases looking at prices at the market or whatever it is you're, you're doing it all the time so how do we so so go, tying it all back into lead generation when we're like we have this uh narrow mindset that an exclusive lead is somehow better it's only because um it's been fucked up by somebody who's selling a ton of leads more, more than once, you know, a lot, I mean, a lot of times, not just more than once, but like a lot of, a lot of times. And that's just bad for the industry altogether, but it's not, not be, not the, not the uh, overall view of, 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 of shared leads. Shared leads are, are actually a very good thing for everybody. I think as well that, that um, in the UK, uh, we're just not as up on it as you are in the US. I think, you know, I know I know some lead generators that do it, and I, I think they sometimes can have a hard time trying to get clients to understand, and it is this sort of education of the clients, I guess. Do you have any, is there anything you could sort of, like, tips or ideas? Like, how, can, how could someone, if they were like, well, I'm listening to this, how on earth am I going to convince the client I guess it's everything we've said, isn't it? It's those numbers. It's these people are shopping around anyway. We're going to be able to stop the search. You're going to be paying slightly less your conversion rates. That's something we're going to have to test. You need to be contacting the lead immediately. You need to be competitive because you know you're going to be in a competitive environment, but you were anyway. Um, yeah, it's 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 really two things that we always talk. You always talk about too. It's transparency and trust and communication. You know, it's it's um, partnership. You know, it's it's partnering with your 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 buyers or sellers, and saying here's the process and being honest. This is what's happening. You know, maybe using contact state uh, to to as a third party to validate that. Hey, this this is where this lead's coming from, and this is what's happening. They're 
there has to be trust involved and there has to be communication. Um, absolutely. Because uh, when that's not there, then it, things go awry. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's about understanding uh, the numbers, allowing people to test, following what the cost per sale is, not the conversion rate or all these other different things, um, right pricing it. And that may take some time. That may take some, if, if, we're, if I'm just starting out as a lead seller, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to start out selling this twice. I'm being transparent. I'm, I'm, I'm being transparent to the consumer and the lead seller. I'm going to start. And then let's see how, and then I'll tell them, okay, we're going to do three times. And then I would stop at three, to be honest with you, just based on my experience. But, and I'm going to be, and we're going to talk and you're going to share with me what the conversion rate was. What was the change, you know, and, and how did that affect price? And where is your cost per sale at price? And let's work together on something that makes sense for everybody. And like I said, when now, if I, if the good news, if I start making a little bit more money, I get to actually spend a little bit more money on better advertising, you know, or, or even scaling because I mean, shit, that's a whole other, uh, I can curse on this podcast, right? I, no, no, a couple, I feel like, I, <laughs> I feel like I've heard a couple no, of, yes, uh, of your, yeah, right? yeah, we have to, we've had to actually try to like moderate the amount that we swear. So we, okay. Like... You just be, be Daniel, just beep it out after, but, um, <laughs> Uh, but that's another, you know, we can talk about this all day long. Uh, you know, the, the, the downward spiral of uh, diminished uh, lead costs that a lead seller can get is a one that is sometimes unrecoverable, meaning um, some, someone digs for a lower price, a lead buyer um, that really only hurts. If everybody's being transparent, it's really going to hurt the, the overall process because uh, the lead seller is going to try to look for cheaper venues to get tr traffic it's just going to be and there's no coming out of that unless you put more money at it and if somebody's putting more money at it and starts to buy more you know more expensive traffic um so you know it, it really comes down to trust finding a good partner building that trust and and being transparent and understanding that choice is a good thing for everybody yeah there's one thing i want to come around to because you mentioned it earlier um but I think it's actually one of the most important points. Um, and the title of this podcast is, you know, more to sell multi-problems or a better solution. And actually, if you think about it, I focus that in very much on, is it better for the lead buyer? Is it better for the lead seller, et cetera? But actually what you said before, and I think, yeah, it's definitely probably the most important thing is that, is it better for the consumer? Um, I think that's, yeah, I think that's really interesting perspective, you know, maybe not one we even set about at the start of this show, but it's kind of developed that it benefits the consumer. I think that's really worth repeating. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 my, like I said, my wife sort of hit it on the head last night with her. She's like, yeah, about the hair blow dryer. She's like, there is only one type of blow dryer on the, on the, on the shelf. Uh, so one, I'm not buying it Two, I got to go somewhere else. I got to go down the street. I got to go to the other market, the other grocery store, you know, wherever it is to, to search for it around. And that sucks. That's a, that's a, a crappy process, you know, that I've got to get back in the car and go do this. It is literally no different than online that if I'm looking for a thing, I go to one farm and one person calls me in an hour, which is a horrible experience call immediately. Um, you know, and then, um, I, the rate's kind of not even sure if the rate's good or not, because I don't have anything to compare it to. So now I got to fill out another form. And, you know, if, if I can silo this all into one shopping experience, which is what, you know, a lot of companies have done here, like a lending tree, you know, when banks compete, you win is their, is their statement. Um, it's true. 
it's true. That's, that's it's using easier. that's using their impartiality as a strength as well. It's like this yeah. is that this is something we come back to all the time. It's a great point. I mean, ninety nine percent of what we come back to is like if it's good for the consumer it seems to be good for everyone and it's like you mentioned daniel it's like this constant thing that we'll uncover just by talking about things but the uh the lending tree example you know when we've spoken to bruce cook and other people and everything and this is the thing of like building a brand is be if you can put yourself in the position as the lead generator to go what is best for this person the reality is it's not to sell their lead to one buyer yeah. Unless that buyer is a comparison site. <laughs> then, yeah. So, you know, yeah. the, the best yeah. thing is you've got multiple buyers and you are the comparison site. You are the comparison lead generator. And uh, yeah. and that statement you said of lending trees is perfect for it. When well, banks and, compete, and they, you win. Yeah. And now they're taking it further, right? So they, you, they, what he talked about on your podcast was, um, uh, what did he call it? Lead uh, Gen 101, advertising no, arbitrage. No, he called he called it uh, yeah that was yeah back in the day uh, but he's talking customer uh, acquisition was that what he called it or a uh, consumer no, he, oh, yeah, what did he call it but anyways it was the it was the thought that um oh, having that that consumer be in your system that you can then help with multiple life decisions right and they trust you and they go okay what's next mike um you need insurance too it looks like you just refinanced your house i'm sure you probably need homeowners would you like uh to to get a couple of rates on that too okay yeah i would um can you send it to now i'm now i'm in a trusted shopping experience is what lending tree is trying to create with multiple products of life life decisions that they're owning. And when they can do that, they can control the experience for the consumer and their partners and make sure that they, that that everyone's getting what they need out of it. So it's not just a turn and burn situation, right? It's not just, hey, here's a lead, bye-bye, never heard of you, no, never hear from me again. But, um, you know, they get into a system and that's what LendingTree is doing. But yeah, they started out uh, with that when banks compete, you win. And um, at the end of the day, uh, that is true. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, great point. Well, yeah, I think that's um, a nice point to think about um, to bring it back to consumers. We always try and do. Um, we've covered quite a lot of mud still there, but Michael, I will. So I think you've been very humble at the start because you've shown us your expertise fully during the course of that. I think everyone would have uh, <laughs> listened to loads and uh, listened to that and learned loads of stuff from it. Um, one thing I do want to ask you, um, which you sort of touched upon, but uh, in my designation section within my roadmap for this podcast, um, Legion World London next year, how is it shaping up? Um, is it going well? Everything, everything getting yeah, ready? Yeah, we're really, yeah, we're really super excited about it. Obviously, last year was our our first one, um, and I think we sort of uh, planted our flag in the ground to some extent and brought. Uh, lead buyers and lead sellers together to have these conversations. And that's that's our our goal is to bring both sides of the party uh, or the table to um, the 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 show and and talk about it and provide best practices for lead buyers to be successful with leads, to find good lead sources, and then subsequently also uh, good lead generation um, conversations for the lead generators, whether it's B2C or B2B. Um, we need to have a home for both sides to come to and talk about these things and find good legitimate partners. I mean, and that's the key. I just want to tie in before we get out, like the, the next step for, for multi-sale for companies is really being, like I said, transparent. And I would recommend, you know, 
you know, getting involved with a contact state, you know, a third party that can validate like what's happening um, or require my lead sellers to use the contact state and vice versa. So they, that, you know, or, or any other product there is that, that will do the same thing that will validate when a, a form is completed and how many times it gets, um, you know, sold. Uh, it's it's really important to build that transparency, but that's what we're going to try to do at Lead Generation World. We've got a great keynote uh, that we'll, I'm working on right now to talk about sort of these behavioral economic type of things and how people make decisions. And then we're going to have a ton of great content for for lead buyers across multiple industries, insurance, uh, you know, mortgage, home services, all that sort of stuff. And then also for lead sellers. And um, we've got about, I think, 30 or 40, 40 exhibit stands, um, you know, available for, for companies that want to be a part. And, um, you know, we hope that, uh, they're all, they're all companies that lead buyers can trust in and all that sort of stuff too. So I'm super excited. I can't wait to be back in London. I'm going to be a side note, be back in London for new year's Eve, um, to watch some football games and that I'm, I'm don't, I'm, I may be a little more excited about, but I'm um, going to catch uh, some Liverpool games and then oh, also a, Liverpool uh, game uh, a, a Chelsea game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so game you watch on, on New Year's Eve? What is that? Do you know? Yeah. Uh, New Year's Eve is going to be in Liverpool against uh, Leicester. And then uh, we'll take a train back to London uh, next day or the um, day after is uh, Chelsea Man City. So that should be a good one, too. Wow. And Very hopefully jealous. by then Holland, hopefully by then Holland's got another dozen goals. The guy's a maniac. So um it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. But you can't be supporting Holland if you're in Liverpool, like you gotta make this. No, I don't listen, I'm a I'm an American, Daniel. I don't really have a team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I I I I don't know. My son uh is a is a fan of I I think he'd probably say Liverpool is one of his favorite teams. You know, it's easy for us um Americans to like pick the favorite, you know the top team, although not this year, sorry, Liverpool fans, but, um, you know, to, and be a fan of it. So I'm excited about it. And I'm excited for Legion world in London too. Very cool. Well, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be, uh, being Legion world. So we'll certainly see that. I'm sure we'll speak to you many times, you know, before that. Um, but yeah, thank you for being a fantastic guest. And also anyone listening who, uh, I assume you'd have a lead buyer or lead seller because, I don't know why you listen to this podcast if you weren't involved in this. Um, you should go to also. Um, yeah, but thank you, man. Fantastic guest. That was episode 81, multi-cell, multi-problems, or a better solution. Thanks for listening to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those at the very cutting edge of the lead gen world.